Sell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. I love this statement. Everything's selling but the protein. Kind of gives the feel to what we saw in the market trade today for a Wednesday. We're going to look at what's been going on in the fundamentals. You know, the winter wheat tour continues. Rain has been falling in many areas. And then early this morning, we saw the numbers coming in from China and another purchase from Mexico as well. So a lot of things to factor in as we talk today with Arlen Soon. And Arlen is with Stonex. So let's kind of start out there. It was kind of a crazy sell-off. I thought it was a big garage sale going on and 50% off. Yeah, that's really what it felt like, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, we talked several months ago about the upcoming spring and summer trading season. We warned that it would be like this with the um, injection of tremendous amounts of money, new money into the markets and those expanded position limits going up by 60 to 80% depending on the commodity. And we felt like we would get a lot of swings in both directions and large swings. Uh, in the market. So I've been getting asked all day long, does that mean that fundamentally that this market is over, that the bull market is over? Well, we can't say whether we're going to go back up to new highs or not, um, but I can say that the, there's still several chapters to be written in the fundamental story of this market, and the fundamentals really haven't changed that much during this sell-off. This sell-off was largely about fear rising among fund managers and money moving to the sidelines. And we saw uh, the equity markets have been starting to look very top-heavy lately on inflation fears. Um, they knew that the Fed was going to be releasing the minutes of its latest meeting this afternoon. Um, so that increased some of the anxiety going into today's session. Charts were starting to turn weaker uh, among a lot of different markets. Uh, and then we saw the collapse of the cryptocurrencies after China put restrictions on or, or basically banned the use of cryptocurrencies by its financial institutions. Uh, so a number of things came together to create this perfect storm for selling in the markets. This was mostly about money flow overall. There are some stories fundamentally, both bearish and bullish, that we can take a look at. Uh, but today's selling was largely about that money flow, uh, which started triggering sell signals on the charts, which just kind of amplified as the momentum computers, those algorithmic tr computers trading momentum, uh, really added on. The winter wheat tour, and we've seen some really interesting photos coming. Obviously, one of our own, Clay Patton, is on that tour. But no surprise, they're finding rust in areas. But because we're a week or so later, do you think that's kind of helped to boost those numbers when we compare it from, from years before? I mean, excuse me, a week later? I think that, yeah, I think that's helped to boost it to some extent. You know, we're two weeks later, really, but the crop is one week later. So you're right, the, the tour is happening about one week later in maturity from when it normally would. That probably is helping. Uh, the crop is in better shape. It's also a different group. I mean, it's a very small group of mostly people who know what they're doing. Uh, I, not to take away from the value of the tour, because I think it has tremendous value, but it's normally a great opportunity for people in the industry from around the world to see what wheat production looks like. And so most of the majority of people on that tour in most years 
are totally inexperienced walking through a field of wheat, and they're making yield estimates. They're following a formula, but they're still doing it for the first time. So there could be a little bit more accuracy, perhaps, in this year's data than what we've seen in the past. But frankly, if you got the problems with stripe rust that they're seeing out there, that's normally indicative of pretty good yield potential in that crop, assuming they can treat that rust, those disease problems. And we have had some very good rains in previously dry areas of the winter wheat belt here recently, uh, with some more in the forecast. And so right now, assuming we can manage those rust problems, the yield potential is pretty good for this winter wheat crop. What are we seeing with China and their continued appetite? Well, it remains strong. They're currently on a big corn buying campaign from the United States, and it seems to be based on their fear that the Brazil crop will continue to get smaller, which so far it is, and that the U.S. crop could face some challenges of its own as we go through the growing season. They've purchased 9.52 million metric tons this month alone during this buying campaign. That's 375 million bushels. Our sources on the ground in China, our customers there are hearing chatter that uh, state buyers may buy up to 15 million metric tons in this current campaign. Um, that doesn't mean that that's all they're going to import, in, and this is all new crop. doesn't mean that's all they're going to import in the next year. That's just what they're buying in the current campaign. I asked them what this thinking is for what the freight's being lined up for delivery. When is this for delivery? And it's really for next winter, but to be delivered ahead of their New Year Lunar New Year holiday, which typically comes around the 1st of February. Many folks, though, you know, we see this Russia buy and then it kind of trickles off. Is the appetite and the desire because they've got livestock to feed and people to feed could continue to boost and maybe start pulling in some soybeans as well? Yeah, this is this really does have big implications because we know African swine fever is a factor. <clears throat> we know they've been feeding a tremendous amount of wheat, rice, barley, grain sorghum. And so the thinking was, since this is mostly Kafka, that it would go into their state reserves to be auctioned off down the road sometime when they needed it. But what our people on the ground are saying is they're seeing this loaded off of boats on the trucks going out into the cash market, and the cash market still remains near record highs. All right, we'll stick. That says a lot about demand. Oh yeah, very much so, very much so. We'll stick around, folks. We're going to talk more about demand. We know that Mexico is in there. I want to talk a little bit about Egypt as well with wheat. And a lot more as we continue. More is coming up as we continue the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation with Arlen Suderman. Arlen is with Stonex. We left talking about China and then they're buying out there. Mexico is another country that continues to make some purchases from the U.S. So good news for our producers, good news for them. Yeah, and if we look at our normal non-China customers to see what's happening with exports, they're really holding up pretty well. This is not just being driven by China. We have not been rationing export demand uh, with these high prices near as much as one might expect. And in fact, when you look at the ethanol report that came out today, <clears throat> ethanol production last week at 14-month highs, uh, as we talked to our 
uh, ethanol processing plants, most of them are very actively trying to secure supplies for the rest of the summer. No plans to really slow down. So we're not rationing demand at these high prices, although albeit small, lower prices than what they were, they're still relatively high prices. That demand is there. We are feeding more wheat that USDA really hasn't acknowledged yet, and that's happening globally as well. Um, but other than that, demand is holding up strong. We've had a, a few other commodity folks, and I've done some reading and seen it too, talking about Egypt and wheat and, and the anticipation for them to come back into the U.S. market. Well, that's the expectation. The problem is generally that uh, our freight from the United States to Egypt is much more than, so than what it is from the Black Sea region or from Europe. Uh, and so prices from those regions have to be significantly higher. In other words, the Black Sea basically has to run out of wheat. Eastern Europe uh, and France, et cetera, need to be basically out of wheat so that their prices are higher before we can com can compete. Uh, there may be a little bit of window here for us to do that uh, here ahead of the European and Black Sea harvest, um, but longer term, those are the markets that will be favored by Egypt. Brazil's crop, we know that some needed rain has happened, but as you talk, that, that crop continues just to get smaller. Yeah, absolutely. And it basically went through the pollination period dry. Now, Corn and Meta Grasso, there's some good-looking corn and Meta Grasso that's going to yield very well. I've seen some pictures of some of it. I've seen some reports of some of it. Uh, the, the main concerns are further to the south. And even there in Meta Grasso, uh, they're not going to have quite the moisture they need to really finish the grain fill. So I think that's going to, to keep yields from being um, to uh, as high as what we might otherwise expect. So I'm generally looking for trend or lower yields in Meta Grasso, uh, and, and that's about 40-some percent of the overall crop. And once you get south of Meta Grasso, then it drops off significantly. They had some showers over the past week, scattered showers in, in southern third of the belt. Uh, over the this coming days are going to be pretty dry until we get into early next week, and then we have a return of some more shower opportunities across much of the belt. But generally light, where they fall, they might be a half inch to inch, and then it goes dry again and goes dry for much of the month of June, it looks like. Maybe some showers here and there, but pretty dry for the grain field period of time. So as I talk to our people uh, this week down in Brazil, they're saying right now the showers are being looked at as maybe putting a pause in the, in the drop in production, but not necessarily bringing much production back. And they still expect that their June 1 survey-based estimate is going to be lower than the 100 million metric tons they reported on May 1. Of course, USDA is at 102 million metric tons and other private sources that have come out in the last week. So a couple weeks after our last estimate have been generally in the 92 to 97 million metric ton area. So that's a crop getting smaller, which should support more exports from United States as we get in the fall and winter. Jump over to the livestock side, feeder cattle. Are they taking advantage of the, the big drop we saw in the grains today? Uh, they did. And, you know, I was impressed that we were able to see some green on the screen in the proteins when virtually everything else was in a heavy liquidation phase and the sell-off. Feeder cattle were able to hold up, and, and that helped the fats to some extent. We have seen a little bit firmer trade for the fats in the cash market this week. Um, and, and there's some optimism that uh, we're going to see 
um, maybe 655,000 head processed this week, which would be up about 15,000 from where we've been the last couple of weeks. That would be positive as well. But there, you know, we're looking at choice cuts around that uh, $330 range. Um, it, it's it's just really a big disconnect between the product market and the cash market. And and real quick, has there been some more cow herd liquidations because of dryness out in the western part of the U.S.? There really has been. We've been seeing cow slaughter numbers that have been, from a historical standpoint, uh, well above trend and pretty high. And so we are shrinking the herd. It's just going to take the time, some time to do so. The cattle on feed report on Friday is expected to show supply several percentage points above year-ago levels yet. All right, Arlen, best way for folks to reach you? StoneX.com. We're over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, folks, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out on our wet network, ruralradionetwork.com. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.